let's do this. Can you hear it? You're gonna use your headphones or you're an yeah, amateur? I suppose. Sean McNair. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the show. What's going on? How Thank are you? Thank you for having me. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you, Brad? I'm doing great. Good to see you, Sean. It's been too long. It has been. Too long. How you been? I've been great, man. I've been just uh, playing bass and sucking at comedy and enjoying your videos <laughs> online. Oh, you. Um, I should tell you, you should probably stay close to that if you want the people to hear what you have to say. I'm sorry. I'm not, if I don't have a guitar, I'm fucking useless. <laughs> <laughs> we should just put some overdrive on the mic. And yeah. <laughs> Do you want my pedal board to be like, so you have something to tap on with your feet? Yeah. I don't know. Fucking. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, if you want me to, I can turn the level up and you could sit further back. Uh, nah, that's all right. Okay. Can you hear him? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now Sounds we'll great. do it. Welcome to the Mink and the Monk. Sweet. That's Brad Monkel. I'm Matt Fink, and this is Sean McNair. You're doing good. Right. Am I? I'm are you, no, are you? That's a question. You doing all right? Uh, in life or in uh, <laughs> <laughs> in uh, killing zombies? How's the? Let's start off proper. Right. That, that's a subject I can uh, start off on. I actually haven't played zombies in a while. I've been uh, playing Warzone two. Oh, you that, said that was coming thing. out. Mm -hmm. It's it's better. I I don't think so because like they. They changed a lot of stuff, so it's not. I don't think it's as good as Warzone. Like when we were playing, like that was. Oh, that was when you were airdropped in. That's you're, Warzone. You're still like airdropped in in this one, but it's just different. Like they switched up like the loadouts and all that stuff, and there's it's a lot like slower paced, which I, I kind of like. But I would like that too because I was straight up getting murdered pretty. Would, but it's also really funny to like seeing you try to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I died a lot. I was getting better at the zombie part of it. You were. That I, was a, that was a lot of fun. That started we to get it. fun, but I was I was spending way too much time doing it. Mm -hmm. Like uh, you would send a text at like midnight. Hey, we're going on, and and um, yeah, it was it was it was screwing up 2020, my twenty twenty baby. <laughs> <It was laughs> nothing going on. There was yeah, you're right. Oh, was that was just shy of the pandemic, or was that uh, in the pandemic? That was definitely in it. In I'm it. Okay, sure. so it was two years ago. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I remember. Uh, I, I was rewatching that that clip that you sent me um, like a while ago of like this podcast when you were talking to Pat. Oh yeah, yeah, about yeah, it. Yeah, and like how you were up until like three thirty or something. And, yeah, like, and I was like having that, nightmares when I closed like my eyes. Crack. What's that? You like that voice crack there? Yeah. Was it yours or mine? No, it was mine. Oh, okay. It was big time mine. <laughs> Is it just the effect I have on you, or well, I mean, you're there with all your muscles and everything? I, I mean, I can't help it. Is you it know, lighting Brad right there for them? With, this haircut, man. I can't. You know, I, I just. I, I, can't I can help tell it. you've been working out too, man. You're one to talk. Just stop. I, I am, can see it. So you have creepy eyes. Brad's voice. Did you hear how it got a little deeper and smoother as he was complimenting you? It's definitely made me uncomfortable. A, a smooth radio voice. I, I see you doing the shifts on that. Uh, what station do you do it on? I don't do it anymore. Oh, you don't? All right. Never, never mind then. Fuck. <laughs> but but it, it's okay. I left of my own accord. Gotcha. It's all right. Um, thank you, though. Just like my wife. Thank you for no... <laughs> she left in her Honda Accord? Oh, wait. No, Brad. That's the Accord. Yeah. And we're um, in. We're almost in Accord. Oh, yeah. We town are. Of. We're pretty yes. close. Hmm. Um, I was going to say, dude, I... <laughs> What? They're going to dox you now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people in Accord definitely that are going to, yes, definitely. I've never fucking heard of that, and I, I live like a half hour away. <laughs> you live in Newburgh. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's more like 40 minutes. Don't put me that close to that town. That's true. It's not exactly. We're in 
but when I'm doing 90 and a 30, it's be it's careful. They hour. will, <laughs> they will force you to finish middle school here if you get caught doing a 90 mm-hmm. and a 30. <laughs> anyway, isn't that what the movie Billy Madison's about? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's talk about it. You're. I met you in college. Yes. You are a fantastic guitarist. Debatable. Virtuoso. Virtuosic Stop. ability. Uh, Recording engineer, would we put that on there? Okay. Uh, you yeah. have uh, what looks to be a growing YouTube presence, although you're getting, you're having, uh, you're having some, we're, we could talk about some of these copyright things, which would be great yeah. to talk about because a lot of people are having this issue and trying to put out content. And at what point are you taking money out of somebody else's pocket or are you just doing something that's worthy of? checking out and a different take on it but still getting punished we talked about this with dean demarzo uh, uh and via um rick beato talking about it when he did his oh, he's series. awesome i love him yeah yeah he's fantastic but he did he got a strike because he did he, that shit to court right yeah like he, yeah he I, nuts with that it's i so actually, awesome like yeah, I didn't know about the court. I heard him talk about it, but I didn't know it went. So it actually went. I think to, it might even been Congress or something. Like he testified in front of, okay, uh, or something like that. Sorry to interrupt and absolutely kill the momentum of that. <laughs> no, he has what three million subscribers? Two and a half. It, like it's that, it's yeah. a lot, and he puts out a lot of great content. And I didn't understand. Like he put at the things that he was talking about, where he gets. They take the money from because he's putting out he's getting massive amounts of views. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway, we just we don't have to start right there. But I'm just going through the list of things that make you interesting. Mm. Uh, zombies, very short list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, guitar, zombies, recording videos. Uh, I'm trying to think of what else. Anything else in your? I mean, I did see a video on your Instagram of you playing bass and sounding awesome at that, too. Also oh, drums. Um, See, drums. But, uh, so that, yeah. That's like, yeah, I, I love playing drums. I'd say besides guitar, like that's, yeah. if I had to pick one instrument, it would uh, definitely be drums. I just have so much fun. Drums are fun as hell. the shit out of it. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, that's why those are there. I'm not very good at it, but I enjoy pounding on them. Mm, Much like Brad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but but you, uh, you're... EP with Last of Fall that came out um, recently is sounds awesome, and I'm definitely interested to know more about exactly what role you played and all that stuff because you you know from the production side of things to the video editing, I know you're you've got a lot going on, but yeah, um, the, the production end of that like it wasn't re- it wasn't me doing like the producing of that. Um, we were working with this guy uh, Tim Lynch. I, I, have you heard of? Tim? I know that name. I can't. Yeah, remember he's a he's at the recording company. It's called, and he um, like he does a lot of like local like Albany bands and you know other bands and shit like that. He's fucking awesome. I, I loved working with him. He's so much fun. Um, the when we were recording it, it was kind of a weird time because it was still like COVID going on and all that shit. So it was like so hard to you know schedule. And then I ended up getting COVID twice. He ended up getting COVID. So it's like you know that right there took out like you know probably three months of the process. Like wow. just, you know. Um, and then like he had a lot of bands that were coming in that he had to reschedule around that. So I think the whole process ended up taking probably about like, I don't know, probably about a year to do like five songs and, you know, two songs were already pretty much done that we recorded beforehand and released. 
um, but we wanted to remix them for oh. the EP, so they mm-hmm. kind of sounded like closer to <clears throat> you know the new songs that we were recording. And um, yeah, it was it was a really fun process, but it was, it was so stressful, man. Oh yeah, like, just getting those songs done. Yeah, um, it, I can tell a lot of work went into it. Um, yeah. I think you could almost call it an album. I mean, they're long songs. They're very they're well written. Kind of and I got to work on uh, not as long songs. <laughs> well, but I think that's <laughs> fitting for. I mean, I guess the genre. I mean, I would also like love to talk about how you identify within genre terms, but um, just as far as like writing the songs and planning the EP for the band, are you the main songwriter when it comes to? Um, for some of them, like I had, uh, I had some songs done, I think maybe even like before the band started or like, you know, as it was coming together. So I think there's maybe like, I think three of the songs are like just my songs that I I wrote, but like, I mean, all the guys like played a part in them. So it's not like, I'm just like, here's what you're playing now. Like, I, you know, like I don't want to do that. I always want it to be like a collaborative thing. Um, so like I, I don't want to just like solely take credit for that, but um, yeah, I think Red Snow was, I'd say mostly me and Paul, like, like I wrote parts like I, I think, like the verse, um, like that was mine, but like like he wrote a majority of the stuff that I'd consider like the hooks of the song, um, so like that one, like Heaven You Made was kind of me, I, it was more so me writing the riffs for that. Um, but yeah, just stuff like that. In Vivid Eternal is one that I've had for like a long time. I remember recording that, I think in like, I don't know, I want to say like sophomore year of college or something. I, I forget what fucking year that was, but like. Um, <laughs> See, it, probably it, four years ago, right? I mean, you graduated uh, yeah. two years ago? Uh, or is it? I think so, yeah. I think I so. lost all fucking track of time. Like I, I, COVID. I, yeah. yeah. I gotta start writing shit down because I, I forget like so many things i've been trying to like sit down and write almost like a diary or something just so i can like keep track of shit that goes on but like i always get too lazy yeah i I, I hear you like i used to try to do that before bed and i would be i'd just like too tired to do it and then i and then i would try to do it when i woke up but i wouldn't remember what i did the day before so i I get it as a means of trying to keep track of what's going on Mm -hmm. it's a good thing to do if you can get yourself to do it yeah and then like i start talking to people i'm talking about something i'm like oh yeah like, like you know five years ago you know i did this thing and they're like what the fuck are you talking about that was a year ago you know just like dumb shit like that <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah yeah um so when it when you're writing the songs or like as you conceptualize the music for the band do you do you are you trying to get across like a specific picture with like the music or the, the way the songwriting is done? Is it like, oh, like each of these is a like a different story that we're telling or like, you know, I uh, I don't know, like I don't know the details of all the lyrics, so I, can, I don't even necessarily know what the individual songs are like about, but are you like, are you, is there a unifying idea that brings all the songs together or do you, or um, like a, uni- a, a type of storytelling or exposition that you use in, in as far as like what you think the songs should uh, sound like as far as like the like the meaning behind them uh, as far as like the meaning I I don't think there's anything that really like totally connects everything like a lot of the stuff I write about sometimes is like really like personal stuff about like you know like anxiety or like depression or some shit like that where like In Vivid Eternal is definitely about like anxiety and stuff like that because um, I've been dealing with that like you know pretty much as long as I can remember like you know my whole life um other songs like forgiveness i think was the first song that i like 
really tried to write lyrics for and like that was the first kind of like complete song that i did and like it was just kind of like i don't know it was i think it was like about somebody like capturing people and then like murdering them and then like oh you wrote the lyrics that i remember you showed me a bunch of your lyrics yeah and they're and like probably 99 percent of them were fucking awful but like not awful (laughs) but but heavyweight there was no puppies and rainbows in anything that you were writing about it was yeah like i i mean i try to write lyrics in a way where it's like not and i've definitely shied away from like the you know like brutal lyrics i guess because like i don't like writing shit like like get fucked with a knife like I, you know like i don't know I mean, I, you know i save that for my personal life and then, um, but for the poetry jam yeah, exactly um, but oh. yeah, i try to like write brutal lyrics in a way that's not brutal i guess yeah. you know, I well yeah i well no i like i know what it's like to like music that is more brutal than you would necessarily like to express yourself like when i was really into punk rock i was really into like this band leftover crack and they'd be singing about like shooting cops and doing heroin and i didn't like any of that stuff but i like the music (laughs) (laughs) but like so i i I get the sense of like us like knowing the sound you like but not necessarily trying to go for that like crazy edgy like persona um but i don't know do you are do you consider yourself like a big fan of metal or is it like a genre thing for you or does your where you feel at home in like the sound that is like what you want to be your voice does that do you feel like genre terms can really help you get closer to that um i don't know i try not to like write lyrics and stuff like thinking like like oh it's got to be metal so it's like gotta be brutal you know like i I just kind of write what i'm feeling and like try to yeah i don't know somehow somehow fit in some rhymes in there at some point (laughs) yeah like like, yeah like one of the songs i think like in uh in forgiveness there's like some parts about like doing drugs and shit like to cope with like you know the regret the dude has and you know like i mean you know i don't do that to allegedly um no but no you don't I, have uh, regrets <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's, that's, <laughs> no but um well yeah, yeah you're like st- there's storytelling elements exactly to it, yeah, it's just like story writing and stuff it's nothing like I, yeah, I guess it, what I'm trying to say, I guess it just depends on the song and like, you know, what I'm trying to convey. Something like In Vivid Eternal, like, yeah, that's like stuff that like I really do deal with. But then like stuff like Forgiveness, it's like, it's like writing a fiction thing or something. Yeah. Know? I don't know. Do, do fans pick up on that? Like, have, has anyone ever messaged you and been like, oh, it's like, I'm glad you wrote a song about anxiety because I feel that way? Has, have you had any, like, people reach out in that way? Uh, no. I, I, there's, like, been a couple of people that have, like, messaged and been like, oh, I'm listening to, you know, this song. It's really cool, you know, stuff like that. But, um... No it, anxious ones. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but, um... Yeah, like, a, a couple of, like, my friends have said, you know, they, they like the lyrics and stuff, but, you know, I don't know. Well, yeah. I think, like... 60 people have listened to Invivid Eternal on Spotify, so. It still so has the lesser than a thousand. Uh, yeah, okay. Big time. <laughs> yeah, I'm into it. I have I have a lot of those. Yeah, <laughs> uh, anxiety, you want, you want to talk about it? Yeah, let's yeah. do it. No, there's, you, is there anything you don't want to talk about regarding that? I'm curious as mm-hmm. to when that kind of thing started for you, because I know when that started for me, it was when I was, I was transitioning uh, out of, out of the home, like getting when 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 you start to realize that uh, there's a world 
mm. out there. That's bigger. oh yeah, that's, that's just scary. Yeah, and I was overwhelmed with it when I was. Uh, I mean, for me, that kind of stuff started uh, my when my dog died. Mm-hmm. Like I had this dog that my this great Dane named Cecil, and uh, he died. I think when I was sixteen, we had him for nine years, however long, something like that. But when that hit, that took the that just literally pulled any grounding it just pulled the carpet out from underneath me and for years i struggled with feelings of uh just anxiety at not feeling secure and i don't know when that started for for you but i've heard you talk about this but i was just curious as the other thing i was curious about is do you find it worse when you have less to focus on because that's yeah. that's what happens to me mm-hmm. when i don't have enough things to focus on um, even TV can kind of snap you out. Just reading oh, yeah. something, anything to occupy the the energy, the, the frenetic energy of, yeah. of, of the mind. For me, it's like once I get <clears throat> a thought of something, like um, like recently I've been having like heart palpitations and stuff like that. So like, but I, I've been to so many doctors that say like it's not a heart problem. It's like a muscle thing. Mm-hmm. But as soon it, as I get it, I'm like, I just had a heart palpitation. Uh, oh, no, you I, mean then, skipping like, I can't, skipping beats? Yeah. Okay. And then like I, I like I can't stop thinking about that. And like all day, it's just like it somehow just ends up like I have heart cancer. I don't even know if that's a fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, it's hilarious. Please laugh at me. It's no, just I don't think there's heart cancer, but there could be. I, I, I don't want to be. Don't, I don't know. I'm no doctor. <laughs> no, but if I've had these same. But I, I'd convince myself that yeah. Even if I I look it up on like fucking WebMD or something, which I should I know that I should never help. do. You should never <laughs> if, ever. If, go if there's to a web. condition that doesn't exist i'll convince myself i fucking have it well the, the, the internet is strict it's a straight it's like there's a few stops along the way but if it's anything to do with health it always ends as cancer yeah <laughs> you're like oh this is this this is that oh you have cancer yeah and, and it's then, like then somehow i end up on x videos and like i just i don't know how that <laughs> like <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> let's ask young jamie if there's heart cancer <laughs> uh, like no, it, 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 there, i don't know if there is however the worrying about it i'm sure gets your adrenaline going and yeah i'm a huge hypochondriac like you know yeah, yeah. And, and that's just like this is all stuff like I'm, i've been trying to work I think on it's all related recently is my and i'm not a doctor mm-hmm. but i have i think it's like panic and anxiety are definitely fueled by your own mind like thing mm-hmm. and if you're hyper aware of it, it just makes it that much easier to not pay attention to so i yeah. i uh I get it. I don't know if you've ever d- done a behavioral therapy. Um, I tried. Well, are you you're talking like therapists and stuff? Well, like there's that there's there's medication. Mm-hmm. That's that's one one road with this, and the other one is behave changing your behavior. So seeing a behavior uh, a behaviorist, or I think that's what it is. But there's a there's a program that I remember doing twenty five years ago called MAP, and it was this doctor, and I'm sure they've made huge strides with this, but this doctor wrote this book, and MAP stands for Managing Anxiety and Panic. And what the first part, it's a program you do with a, with a, this doctor that I was seeing at the time, so, you know, gave me this book, and we kind of worked out of it. Um, but the big the important part of it was keeping a journal. Every time you had a panic attack, you wrote down what you were thinking. 
why it happened. Because usually, I don't know how it is for you, but usually you think yourself into a frenzy. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> right. So, it's like it just can't stop. And it snowballs. It, you start with the premise, whatever it is. But if you allow yourself, you'll be wound up and you'll be in full-blown panic. Mm-hmm. And when the panic is upside, you have anxiety about having another panic attack. Yeah, that's for sure. Like what started off for me, like the, the snowball. Yeah. I think it was like... Uh, I want to say my the first time I ever had a panic attack probably wasn't like when I started dealing with this like all the time. I think it was when I was really young. Mm-hmm. Um, and like really I, young, like what's really young? Uh, probably like I don't know, like seven, eight, okay. something like that. Because mm-hmm. um, I would you go over the my, feeling. Yeah, I would go over to my friend's house and like uh, we would like pl- like uh, be like playing with I don't know Spider Man action figures or something in the basement. But like uh, one day I think like his parents weren't home or something and you know we went upstairs because we were having a sleepover or something and uh like i don't know it was weird like i like he asked me to go get something from the basement and like you know i was like i don't know it's just one of those things when you're young it's like all the lights were off i'm like that's the scariest shit ever like i do not want to go down there yeah 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 and uh so i ended up going down there but i was so like panicky doing it that i was already in like kind of like a shaken up state and then, uh, you know, we get upstairs and he starts telling me about this, uh, you know, the Bloody Mary thing. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. I don't. What, what it's a, what? Yeah. Like if you spin around or some shit, like and I have a candle in the uh, in the bathroom, like, you know, say Bloody Mary fucking three times. I don't know. Like this, this like ghost thing will pop out of the mirror and like. Oh, kill you or no, something. I don't know what this is. Yeah. It was, it was something like that where I remember like I was already kind of shaken up and then him telling me about that, like. I just like I completely just fucking like could not stop thinking about that, and uh, you know I remember being up at like one or two in the morning, like just just completely frozen, like in my bathroom, because yep. like I was wait at your friend's house or oh no sorry this was like uh, that night because I, I had to go home because I was like so nervous about it and you know so I couldn't get to sleep. And, suffice to say that you were already a little bit out of your comfort zone because you weren't at home. Right. Did you have a comfortable home life as a kid? Yeah, yeah, everything okay. was great. So when you're in a strange environment, it kind of puts you on edge anyway, right? Like yeah, I had trouble then, sleeping then like going, at, at friends' houses. No, no, I'm just, when I was a kid, like a small kid like that, I had trouble sleeping at friends' houses because I wanted, there was a comfort of being home with my parents and my family that when you took me out of it, I would get antsy. Yeah, <laughs> For, it's, it's weird because I never had that, but like kind of nowadays almost I'm like having that more uh so you find like, peace at home yeah yeah but I, I know where I your gotta, parents are i guess i should say yeah but i know i kind of got to work on that especially like for like because my main thing that i want to do like i want to be in a band like touring and yep. like that's like just my dream yep and obviously i can't be doing that you know home i'm gonna have to be away so you know i gotta work on it mm. but um anyway yeah that was the first time i remember like feeling like panic like straight up like oh my god like uh, like frozen in fear type thing mm-hmm. and then um it's probably a couple of years went by i had it maybe once or twice again but i didn't really think anything of it and then maybe around like i don't know 13 mm-hmm. is when i like really i think i yeah i was on my way to atlantic city to see stained <laughs> okay. for the, uh, like uh with my dad yep. and uh we were in the car and I remember just like starting to feel sick, but it was like, it, it was a different kind of like sick feeling that I hadn't really had before. Yep. So I was like, what the fuck is this? And so like we stopped at a rest stop, you know, I'd like, you know, he was like, 
got to use a bathroom, like throw up something like, what do you have to do? I'm like, I don't know. I just feel like I'm dying. Uh, so like, he was like, well, well, let's go home then. Cause you know, but like nothing was like wrong with me. Like I, I wasn't sick or anything, but I was just like so nervous about it. Like even after the sick feeling subsided, I was still nervous about it. And I just didn't know mm. like, like what it was. Cause I'd never really like experienced that before i because this was worse than like the panic attacks i yep. had when i was younger because now i was like i, I mean i don't want to say like smart enough to like think <laughs> of understanding what you're seeing and being aware of it is yeah, exactly i was yeah. more like conscious than yeah. i was at like seven eight and like had more and I'm no doctor. I don't think two hours with stained is going to help. Yeah, you would think. I fucking love stained, so that probably oh, would have helped. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's been a while. I, I love it. I oh, can't that was enough. that was their huge. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. He's like in a chair in the video or something, right? I think so. Yeah, I could be wrong, but I don't, I that, I remember when they first. What year was it that, that this is like um, early odds? Like, no, later. Probably than, late nineties. Late nineties. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. But yeah. I fucking love stained. Yeah, no, but, um, I, I'm just saying when you feel that way, that might maybe it does. I, I wish I did go to Atlantic City. Oh, your dad took you because, home. Yeah, yeah. We, we ended up going home, but I wish I stuck it out because then probably I wouldn't. Maybe I would have, but maybe it would have been like okay, like you know, we did this, it's okay, let's move on. But you know, I went home, and then I was also nervous on top of that that like, oh man, I had to like come home. You know, like this must yeah. be serious. Yeah. And um, you have that's straight up anxiety and panic for sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's like clinically speaking, I guess. Oh, like, absolutely. I've been like diagnosed like yeah. like the whole lot. But you didn't do a um, behavioral thing. I tried doing like a, like therapy stuff. But well, like, well, like what, with what this, what, this book that I was telling you about called MAP, mm -hmm. it changed my whole it brought me immediate comfort to know that, oh, there's a name for this. Where like you're afraid to tell anybody that you feel this way because you feel like people are judging you and that you feel weak and you can't handle things. And, and it turns out you just there's things that make you uncomfortable. And the way the power of the the mind is you're trying to you're trying to think your way out of something that you thought your way into. And you can, it's sort of like meditation. I think we've probably talked about yeah, this. Like, so we talked about when I was having like bad stage, right? Like, right. You know, like in, uh, in college, especially for my uh, first combo, I remember I was freaking out. Is that the one that. when you would like run around the entire theater? It was the second one. The first okay. one was when uh, they told me not to like do the thing behind my head. Yeah, well, just doing anything with, with certain people judging you there was going to give anybody anxiety. Like, yeah. And it was... I'll just that was definitely wrong for anybody to tell you yeah we'll, we'll get to that because yeah, like, yeah, I do yeah. want to talk about that because that was really funny and I still like <laughs> look back on that fondly. I love the video of you your second his second con were you were you even I don't even know I don't know if I, if I saw my man got a wireless system and yeah, I bought it just for the convo and ran off the. He's taking a solo and runs. I don't think I saw that. Off, no. jumps off the stage, runs up the stairs, around the back where Sean Wendell was in the back, and then back down the other side and runs. And while you're soloing, right? Yeah. So like, all right. So for school, like uh, we have to do what was it like twi twice a semester, once a semester, depending on what grade you were in. I think it was yeah, once not a like year. Either in the spring or in the fall, right? I don't think it was. Was it both? That sounds right. It's definitely that's the max. The first year or two, you had to yeah, attend. Yeah, I think a sophomore year was the first year where you okay. had to do one okay. in a year, right? Because I remember picking like which semester mm. I wanted to do it in. Um, and I, I do want to come year. back to this anxiety thing. Yeah, for you, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I keep no, not at all. But I've just I'm 
I'm curious, that's all, mm. but go ahead. Yeah, of course. Um, and uh, yeah, so we have to do a performance for like basically the whole music program. So there's like, I mean, you know, there's like, what, like 300 people there or something, which is but like- in the music program? When yeah. you were there, that was sort of the height in, uh, in music industry. There was, you talk about music ed and, music, and everybody? I think everyone was there. Right? Yeah, so. that was when it was in the recital hall. Yeah, so at the, at the height, I think there was 135 in music industry and then in music ed it was somewhere in the so when you added them all up they're probably there's solid 200 plus people there if not mm -hmm. 300 because then parents would come yeah and professors would come mm -hmm. so there would be yeah you probably probably 300 is a good possibility was the theater full i i think so that I theater held like I, 350 i think yeah because so. like it was weird because i was never really like that nervous about like a performance before and yeah. I, i've i'd played before that to like way bigger crowds too so mm -hmm. it's like but i think it was just because it was my peers and like people that i'd if i fucked up i'd have to be like seeing and i like, remember talking <laughs> to you about this yeah. i remember talking to you about this because i couldn't believe that that's how you were feeling when i heard you play <laughs> like no one would ever think that you would nah, i'm so insecure about my playing even today like well especially now like nowadays yeah, but now i'd agree you have reason to be but back yeah. then you sounded great <laughs> <laughs> i don't think anyone wouldn't believe me <laughs> no i just i remember it's it was a shock to me that 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 un because your stage you it was amazing. You, I don't know how you think of this, but I, as soon as you plug in, you're like a different dude altogether. Yeah, that's it's weird. I don't mean different. In a, yeah, yeah. Like you forget about. And I remember talking about this because once you start to play, you're not in this mindset of insecurity. Yeah, like you're, whenever I don't have a guitar, it's like I'm thinking in my mind, like I'm trying to visualize like the fretboard and like how I'm gonna play it. Like I always fuck it up, but it's because it, it's like muscle memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so it, like when I get the guitar and I'm playing it, like it's totally fine. And in front of an audience, like I'd almost argue like that's when I'm at like my best of playing course. wise, because like yeah. that little like extra adrenaline like just pushes me, and I love it. I love every second of being I, on stage. I, it's clear that you do. Yeah, yeah, but like before the performance, I'm just such a wreck, especially yeah. the first one when I played. I remember now having these conversations. It's all coming back to me because mm -hmm. I didn't know that you were, I think that was the first time that you opened, that you told me that, right, that you were feeling that way, which, so. uh, well, up until that point, I just saw you every week. You came in always prepared and practicing what you were doing. Like, so you had command of what it's you like were Brian, doing. Brian, right? <laughs> <laughs> I never had Brian <laughs> in, my, in my room. Um, uh but you 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 work like all of the you're constantly practicing you're constantly working like so the insecurities you were having i when i i heard you play it perfectly like what you whatever what was the first uh, rock and roll led zeppelin okay yeah because i wanted to do one that left like a lot of room for like improvising and yeah. stuff because that's what i was trying to work on at the time yeah, was yeah. like improvising in front of people because that's definitely like one of my not strong suits or at least like at the time I've tried to get better at it, um, especially over like different chords and stuff. Mm -hmm. Nowadays, like that's still like, um, that's stuff I got to work on. But um, yeah, back then it was just like even stuff I was comfortable with, like yeah, rock yeah. or metal. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I was still kind of struggling with that. So I wanted to consciously work on that. But um, yeah, there's usually a sound check before the, uh, on like I think the Thursday night. Yeah, combo yeah, sound check. Yeah, and then you got to perform Friday morning. 10 20. Um, 
yeah it's a lot of fun um <laughs> still the same time frame we were just it talking is. about that I, sucks <laughs> yeah it's 10 to, i think it's 10 20 to 11 35 or it's 10 30 to 11 40 it's like 75 minutes i think mm. whatever it is perfect time of day for some shredding yeah <laughs> for, for sure uh, <laughs> go and have a delicious meal on campus <laughs> be fueled and ready to go oh, yeah yeah shitty dining hall <laughs> food fuck that <laughs> fucking garbage <laughs> I, I never I, I think I ate there once but it was the newer one I think the old the dining oh uh, like Camelot I, I can't remember yeah but um but anyway yeah so there's the sound check before the convo yep and um Sean Wendell the guy who's like doing uh he, he does like the sound for everything like yeah it's fucking awesome I love Sean I love Sean too um, yep. but when I went up to shout out Sean Wendell mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, so I went up to do the sound check, and you know we played. It got to the end, and I wanted to do something like kind of, you know, kooky, if you will, at the end. Oh. So like I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna put my guitar behind my head and like play like the last solo, like that, yeah. just to do something, you know, yep. a little out of the ordinary or whatever." Mm-hmm. Um, so, or make it your own. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, or just be an attention-seeking douche, which you know. <laughs> I mean, it's rock and roll. You're on a stage, man. Well, it's, it's like it's, the, all eyes on you. That's like you're not, and you're earning that audience. Like you, you can play. So like that's what that's the whole. That's what being a that's a rock dude is about, man. When convocation's about being a good performer, right? Yeah, it's you should be yeah, exercising every yeah. aspect of performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because yeah, like, I would see a bunch of like the performers and like nothing against anybody because like I think everyone there like obviously they're in school for it so like they're fucking great but you know like a lot of the performances would kind of just be people like standing there and you know playing awesomely but it like wasn't really like a show i guess like and that's the part that excites me is like concerts that are shows yeah so i wanted to do something a bit different and um but so we get through the sound check i do the thing behind my head and then um uh sean wendell was like i he told me something like I don't think you should do that behind the head thing because, you know, I'm 99% sure they're going to fail you for that. Like the uh, meaning like the ed professors and stuff like that. Whoever like, I don't know who really determines like the grading. I never heard any of this. I didn't know that there was. I didn't? No. Yeah, no, I was definitely told to like not do that behind the head thing. Oh, Um, why? I I don't know because like I can understand if you went back and and dimed your amp. I think I I did that too. (laughs) Well, I mean that because that just makes it harder for sure. Were these were these live stream too? Uh, No, okay. Because when he was right, so the COVID thing happened, and he's doing. I think I was mic'd up either. You don't need to be in in that room. I mean, I I, it's not a mystery. Without the curtain in the back, I do not enjoy playing. That room's a hard. It's meant for acoustic instruments. It's Mm -hmm. It's like so. Overdrive, fifty watt, two amp. It's a problem, probably not. But I love it. I just I know that it's gonna make Sean's job harder. But I know I feel bad. Like I was a real fucking pain with that stuff sometimes over the years. I, I mean, let's let's get a couple things straight. You're a teenager. You're a guitarist. You're a dude. Those three things put together make for somebody who's trying to find themselves in the world. Who's gonna not who's trying to explore what what's possible. I don't have a problem with that. I know Sean does because his needle's going off the, he can't control it. And I understand it. I understand why sound guys get I get it furious. too. I wouldn't do that nowadays. Like, no, you know, but time. there's audience of 300 of your peers there and you're about to play rock and roll. Like the name of the tune is rock and roll. I mean, yeah. 
be slightly uh, reasonable. I didn't know. I knew that there was f- fear that there was um, that, let's just say, previous people who were in charge of that had all of these absurd um, parameters. Yeah, and they wanted me to be like respectful to the yeah. space. So playing behind your back, like referencing this guy, that's disrespectful. Yeah, exactly. That's the part I didn't get. And that's why, you right. know, when I went on to do the actual performance, I was like, you know, telling everybody, yeah, I'm not going to do that, you know, sure, or whatever. And then, of course, I fucking did it. Like, you know, I put the fucking V behind my head because, I mean, what am? What is this? You know, of course. How did it sound? Does it sound good? Um, I, mean, I mean, I think it was, uh, you know. I, think I can't remember. Was I, I can't remember. I might not have been there because I don't remember this performance. So yeah. I, don't, I, don't, I, didn't, I don't even remember it being a problem. I put it on my YouTube channel. It, it, it's, it's on there somewhere, I think. Oh, you have a YouTube channel? I do, I do actually. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I will go back and, and, and so did the audience go nuts? Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think they yeah. liked it, but um, I was really trying, like, almost consciously trying to fail that because I'm like, if they're gonna put a bunch of restrictions on performance, which you know, like that's part of the degree yeah. is performance. I couldn't agree with you more. Like making a living, mm-hmm. you know, and if people who are willing to pay money to see you do that, then that's what you you find. That's what you're doing. You're finding out what what people want, and so you're throwing things at the wall and see what sticks. So. I have no. I understand where Sean was coming from as far as he's trying to protect you because they yeah. really did. Yeah, he he wasn't the one trying to right. stop me from it. He was saying like the other professors that they straight up this. tried to fail before you were there. Pat Flores, are you gonna say? No, did they try to fail Pat? I know he had some issues. It might not have been as like. Oh no no! People. One of his issues was he wasn't. He should have been in honors convo. Oh right, that was Pat. Yeah, like straight yeah. up should have been an honor. He did an incredible performance, and then the same mm-hmm. people that would make that judgment uh, didn't go in his and and whatever you know but that I, I think that's what you're talking but there was before prior to you being there there was a couple there was one drummer who had an incredible performance and they tried to fail because they all had like decibel meters yeah i remember that because I, I played drums for my friend uh, anna's convo okay and, like i had to really like like really take it easy and yeah. like that's not me at all I fucking beat the shit out just, of just yeah drums. no I saw you play Master of Puppets with uh, you played drums on uh, with uh, Drew mm-hmm. yeah yeah. you weren't taking it easy at no. all <laughs> yeah those drums owed you money yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome <laughs> yeah and it, was, it you know if it's a if it's appropriate and right for the music I got I mean, I got no problem. I'm a little more, for lack of a better word, I'm not even lax. It's like you're, that's what you should be doing. Even if you ruffle a couple of feathers, going out into the world with that confidence to be like, that's what you're prepping for. That's the whole point. That's why I did the wireless thing the next year is because they didn't fail me for that. Dude, I love I love that even more because <laughs> I just like, wanted to push the envelope. I wish there was more convos that I could have done. Like that's when <laughs> COVID, like, uh, oh. you know, that like kind of ruined shit. Like after that performance, the I forget what I was nuts when you did that. Like, yeah. like I mean, the, the it was, was it was, it was great. One. That one's on my on my YouTube channel too. I, I yeah. watched that sometimes. That one I've watched a bunch of times. Yeah, it, it wasn't my favorite. Like performance i guess i, I think i you're talking about the actual musical part yeah, of it. yeah like i feel I, like I, I feel like i was shredding a lot and that i've kind of tried to stay like steer away from that a little bit nowadays where like i want to focus on more like melodic stuff and then like kind of easing up to the shred like if it fits and like i just <clears throat> i don't know it wasn't wasn't my best performance 
that time like in terms of like fitting the music but i wanted to do something like up the ante a little bit so i bought a wireless system Mm -hmm. and during one of the solos i went out into the audience Mm -hmm. which they definitely told me not to do as well Um, no you not only did you do it you you like sprinted up the no stairs suck yeah, I was Those worried about stairs fucking, are closer uh, together than normal stairs. The, the, yeah, the rise was, is like four and a half inches or so. So where normally it's seven inches. Do you remember those stairs? Yeah, I got to look at those stairs when I'm walking in there because they're like, and you sprinted mm-hmm. with a guitar, and I'm pretty sure that the one of the people that you were concerned about judging you, you ran right by. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> That was awesome. Yeah, yeah I, I was so disappointed that the, uh, that the school got fail. shut down. Well, oh. yeah, also, yeah, that they didn't fail me. I really wanted to fail because then I would have been like, then I would have caused a problem. Like, yeah. you know, like, because, I mean, like, I wanted to, I mean, this sounds more righteous than it really is. Like, I just, you know, I just wanted to kind of let students, like, express themselves, you know, whatever, and do, like, what they want to do. And if that takes me, like, failing you know a fucking convo you know i'll i'll do it right. the next semester i don't give a shit like R- right it, it, i kind of wanted to fight for that you yeah know, in any way like I it's could. rock and roll mm. i mean it, that's what it is that's the whole i mean i i it's it's silly it's silly uh for the main reason that that's not how the actual concert stage works it mm. might work if you're I don't know. I saw John Schofield at Lincoln Center in a classical conservatory, and it, he did the same stuff. He he didn't tame his music to fit into that environment. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, you're selling. You ultimately, do you want to make a living? And are you being? Are you finding out who you are, putting that into the universe, and seeing what comes back? That's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think the next year I was planning on getting a uh, smoke machine <laughs> and putting it on my guitar. There's something I remember talking to you about it where I was going to do some like wild shit. Dude, I would have loved like, it. Yeah. I never would. Have I ever said to you, don't do that? Because you're no, never. Get, no, no. So I what? fucking love you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how do you? How do you? My problem is people who aren't excited about what they're doing. Mm. Like, like every week you were like you were a kid in a candy shop. Like you were always wanted to. You were always trying to figure out. You're, when you said earlier you didn't like the performance, the performance was great. You didn't you didn't like something about what you were doing as far as on the guitar. But the, no one cares. I don't know. And your judging of that is very different than anybody else judging. Everybody else is in so awe. hard on myself. I know everyone is, but. Yeah, like. Well, I think learning to, there's two things with that that I would say is learning to accept that, but also learning just how to deal with uh, judging yourself. And I think that's part of this whole anxiety. I think that's all interwoven because, mm-hmm. well, yeah, because like you are confident when you're playing. Mm-hmm. And so your mind is a very powerful thing. So your mind is going to look for, re- you're going to, well, what's the difference between you and your mind? But you're going to look for reasons to, un, um, you're, you're going to un- try to undermine that everywhere you can because then that leads you to feeling anxious. So it's like a cycle. Mm-hmm. So no matter you, I don't know. I don't think you can practice your way out of that cycle. I think the thing is to acknowledge that you're having these thoughts, but not engage with them, which is where meditation is probably. Like yeah, the I whole, we talked about that a lot. Yeah, because there's. A, I don't know if you've ever. There's a book called that I told you about. I must have because it's Pranayama. Like, it's a fantastic book. Yeah, you've told me about the book because it brought me a lot of peace. You know, and and the peace came in the the one 
the one question in there that I never thought to. So like the whole point is to um, to sit quietly with and without judging your thoughts, just sort of watch them. And the, the analogy he uses was like a snow globe that you shook up and you're just watching all these. So those are your thoughts without judging them, without participating. So like when that thought comes up, it says uh, you suck. You're talking not to Brad when you're talking to mm -hmm. yourself. You know, you've probably said, I don't know what your inner monologue sounds like, but it's probably something along the lines of you're horrible, you're worthless, you can't play. And everything that you have value in in your life, you will under. No, that's just what my parents say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the, instead of arguing with those thoughts, because that's what you're probably doing, is you're engaging in them, and it always leads to anxiety. And in between, and, and, and panic, which is just a higher concentration of that anxiety and then the panic will dissipate and you're left with anxiety you keep you've you might have convinced yourself that you think you're going to get out of that cycle by using the same tools that got you into that cycle mm -hmm. and that's not ever what's going if you think that then you will never end the cycle if you can watch the thoughts without judging them this is where that book was incredible to me like because it says okay i think it's called the the witness you're witnessing it, but you are witnessing. You're not engaging in it. You're witnessing. Mm -hmm. And as you do that, it says, uh, if so, are, the question was, so who's watching? If you're still having the thoughts, who's witnessing? Yeah. Which is to say that there's something else. There's a presence of you that you are not your thoughts. Thoughts are something that occur in you, but you don't have to. That all those thoughts are there's something else that you are that can watch those thoughts and it's getting in touch with that or recognizing that that will bring you some sort of peace i'm not saying it's overnight but i remember i became a much more relaxed my 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 when you can wrangle the, this this absurd thing that between your ears mm -hmm. uh and not let it control you then it then you'll, you'll have more peace but all these other things I think are all offshoots of that. I'm not a doctor. I'm just saying well, in my it's own. It's definitely been controlling me lately, I'll tell yeah. you that. Yeah, and the mind is a powerful, <clears throat> there used to be that expression, mind is a terrible thing to waste. And then <laughs> a friend of I mean, uh, I think it was Verona Gillis who said, she, she changed a quote to, a mind is a terrible thing. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> because it has nothing to do, when you're playing, you're not, you're not doing this, to, you're not torturing yourself, right? Like there's yeah, peace. It's like a weird like, out of body thing that like seems like that's the only time where I'm not like nervous about shit as well. It's I'm coming not. through you though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like but you're not that takes up that current. The the mind the mind has convinced you that the mind is the most that it's the most important part and that if you're not using the mind, the the mind is what is giving you is what is driving you towards anxiety and panic. But when you're playing, what's happening? You're still you've bypassed the whole monologue that you're having, right? There's yeah. no room for it. The creative energy is just flowing through you. So how do you, how do you put yourself in? That's a meditative state. Mm -hmm. Yeah, one of the, like the, the weirdest experiences I've ever had. And I, I don't know if you're like the Queen Ensemble. That we did. Yeah. Do you remember like all the stuff that happened like before that with me by any chance? With your grandmother? Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah. yeah, I was, like, that was one of, like, the worst times in my life. Like, I, I thought my grandmother had, like, you know. You thought your grandmother was sick. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, the doctors even said, like, you know, she has cancer. And, yeah. Like, like, you know, all, like. 
yeah. there and like I was just freaking out because I, I was in Albany and you know my grandma's home. Yeah, no, we and, went. Um, you, you, we were, we talked, we talked about it that night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I knew no. something was bothering you because yeah. you were. On, it's actually a pretty good example of what we're talking about because you were on stage, but you weren't. You well, weren't. That was the thing. Like before it, I, I knew was something in, was wrong. I was like, "This is not stage, Sean." Yeah, like I was in the. Uh, I remember being in the lobby. Yep. Of a uh, cursed. Like I was crying my eyes out, just like yeah. as people were coming in to like watch the show. They're like, "What the fuck <laughs> is his problem?" And I didn't <laughs> like, see that. I saw you were in sound check, and I knew something was bothering you. And then you disappeared, so you were out in the lobby. Yeah. And then I asked you what was wrong, and then we went and talked. First of all, you should never cry. That's weak. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Goddamn, I'm a weak man. <laughs> yeah, so I cry like a bitch. Not gonna lie. <laughs> no, man, you, you gotta you gotta get that out. And any forms of the any way this exp you express yourself is the it's not the expression; it's you judging it. And I'm not saying that you're calling yourself a, a weak. What did you say? A bitch? Yeah, Whatever some, it was. Yeah. No, that's some other a, words that I can't. No, say. but just allowing yourself <laughs> to do that without judging it will you'll be a lot more peaceful about it but you I were am. you that was an incredibly uh that's that would that was stressful yeah that was a different scenario where i think anyone would really be upset anyone, over that but no it was in general like i'm so fucking emotional but like i you know I mean, <clears throat> i'm not embarrassed about that at all like i'd rather be you know open and you know have like let it out then pent it up because i mean i got enough of that with my nervousness like yeah. pent up you know yeah, I, mean, yeah. I don't think there's any shame in being you know emotional as a dude i mean you know yeah. we, we, we all got them we're all <laughs> you know, we're human yeah, yeah. if and you have any... to act like a tough guy and say you know i don't cry and stuff you know like well you would, could make the argument that being a sign of toughness is being able to cry that's true you yeah. know like if it's got to get out it's got to get out I have certain I'm songs. I'm definitely not a tough guy, though. <laughs> well, I mean, how are we judging tough? The fact in the morning, you, you get up, right? You get up, you put some clothes on, you make some breakfast, you go about your day. That takes a certain amount of strength and fortitude. You could just, you could let it defeat you before you even got out of bed and you could stay in bed all day. And you could watch um, uh, Alone on, uh, on Netflix, which... Um, you know that'll do it that, but i'm saying no you don't you get up you fight you know you don't you might not feel comfortable you might not be happy with what you're doing you might not be happy with your existing circumstances meaning you might want more gigs you might need more money you might need whatever but you still get up and you fight you don't you might not realize this, this the strength in that and sometimes you cry because life can get a little shitty yeah. you know or you're you're born ginger mm -hmm. yeah. i've ginger in my uh I see my that. horrific facial I hair. thought it was just from sitting next to him. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. Well, they're gray now, but they used to be slightly reddish. Okay. You I guys don't, don't get no cred. <laughs> I'm covered in freckles. So I should get some kind of cred because I can't go out in the sun and during the summer at all. I just burn. All right, fair enough. I just freckle. Anyway. I'm, I'm Irish, so. Same. Yeah. yeah. Well, people think I do. I'm not. I think I am. You think you do Irish? <laughs> <laughs> You're not Irish? No. Oh. Scandinavian. Um, Among other little things, but. Sweet. That's a double. You can't have any son then. Scandinavian and ginger. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, someone's my mortal enemy. <laughs> it really is. It is trying uh, to kill you. It is absolutely <laughs> trying to straight up murder you. Yeah. Yeah. So you have that light blonde haired complexion, but that. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's me. 
probably saves money on electricity at night. You don't need as many lights to light up the room. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm just saying that's not weak at all. You get up, you practice, you work on things. And as an artist, you're trying to make your way in the world to survive. And you have to, a lot of people don't realize that about being a musician is you have to create the, you have to, whatever is gonna drive interest in what you're doing, you straight up have to create that. So you're constantly looking for ways to, develop, to, to cultivate interest in what you're doing. Or I mean, your survival is based on that. Am I wrong? Do you, do you not, right? Do you well, it's like we were saying, you're an entertainer. Like you have to, it's not just, <clears throat> can I play the, the lick this way? It's like you have to create, you, there's pressure on you to create a performance. Yeah. yeah. And there's like a, a bunch of other things too. Like, you know, nowadays especially, it's like not, just about the music which like you know all the guys that i idolized i mean you know like dave mustaine is like you know my fucking idol his interview on on rogan was great i don't know yeah did you listen yeah that was multiple times it was cool yeah um that was in august i remember listening to it on the way down i was on the road for i think we talked that's when we talked right didn't we talk something sometime around there so i remember like texting you just like i was just so upset with like everything like i you know i was I remember I was freaking out about something. Like I felt like yeah, I don't know, nothing was. Was that when I introduced you to Dean, or is that a different one? So. No, that it was, was, it was sometime uh, around there, maybe a little before. But um, okay, yeah, I was just like really in a bad spot, and I texted you, and you know, we talked for a bit. So. I called you. Yes, I was in the driveway of the diner uh, <laughs> in <nice>. Kingston because <laughs> awesome. I remember I remember talking to you and. Uh, watching people walk in the door. I stayed in my car and I'm that's when I, so when you're, so when you're creating it, we talked at length to Dean DeMarzo about this. And then I remember you guys are talking. I gave you his contact cause he's, he figured out some really cool things and how to develop an audience. And I know that you're, that's what we're talking about, how to create interest in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And it's when you don't have that and you don't have something occupying a very active mind, yeah. could be a job could be a full-time job that just keeps you in the pocket and from thinking about all these things. Yeah. Like I need, I need uh, my, my obsession, obsessive stuff is definitely when I'm not teaching and I'm not gigging and I'm just home, I start to have all these other yeah. things happen. So yeah, I know that right. I, being <laughs> occupied is also, having your mind occupied is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I guess like the, the point I was get, like making is that like it's not, just about the music anymore and like like my forever like growing up since i started doing music like my goal like i'm gonna find people i'm gonna put a band together and like i'm just gonna be writing music constantly you know getting out there touring you know doing all that stuff like that's just what i want to do but like as i try to do that you know it's like i i just realized that nowadays it's so much more than that and like how these guys like dave mustaine did it you know back in the 80s it's like things aren't like that anymore at all like you got to be doing like the youtube stuff you know the uh, you know well, they, didn't, they didn't have the access media. to the world the, the way mm-hmm. like yeah i, I think companies I, own that so you had to do that yeah, yeah that was like, like one route basically for sure yeah i think it's such a good thing and a, a bad thing at the same time yeah. too because it's like a lot of my time is like dedicated to stuff like that does involve music and like helps the music along but it's like i can't just be spending my time like writing music or something like i yeah. want to and i don't want to seem like i'm complaining about that because like i love doing it's not a complaint it's like, just is what it is yeah. yeah you know it's just not what i 
thought I'd be getting myself into, I guess is, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I love doing the videos. It's definitely like a, uh, you know, it's a creative outlet, you know, for some things. Cause I mean, you know, Megadeth is like the band that I really kind of identify with, you know, the yeah. most out of everyone. And I feel like there are so many great guitar players and great, like iconic guitar parts that like, I, that's what I kind of try to do with my channel a lot is like take, you know, certain things and then, uh, you know, about the songs or something. And, yeah. you know, what if this guy did this or like no, this the video guy, on know? the hanger what was yeah, that? the hanger 18 the hanger, yeah you did like what seven different solos like seven different dudes right yeah it was like all the all of the guitarists of megadeth like uh what if they soloed here right was that was that the concept? yeah because they have a song hanger 18 right. that's like there's like fucking like 13 solos or something <laughs> on it like something ridiculous i didn't realize that that's, yeah, okay. but um it, it just kind of so happened to line up with uh, the exact amount of guitar players that Megadeth has had over the years and I feel like Megadeth is really unique in this and that like every guitar player they've had like has something unique about them or like you know their style is so like either iconic or like distinguishable mm -hmm. where you know I, I so I tried to play the solos of Hangar 18 um, like how they are but with the style of yeah. all of the previous guitar players. I thought it was a great idea. Thanks. I thought it was very cool. And yeah, I think you got a lot of hits on that, right? Yeah, like there's been two videos where um, they've gotten articles in uh, like Loudwire. Okay. So that was fucking awesome. And uh, I did one a while ago where I like predicted what the new I saw that. Yeah, that one. You took that it one from got, three got different guitar clips. world. Which was fucking like incredible to that see. That was in Guitar like, World. Yeah. Oh wow. Like I gotta. I'm fucking. I, I've been saying I'm gonna do this for like probably a, a year at this point, but I want to like take those and like print them out and like put them on my wall or some shit. Because I'm. Just, you should. Like, no, you should. Because that should remind you that when you you're because you're finding ways of reaching people, and that obviously. What did you do? You took it from three different clips. Yeah, there was one. Uh, so Dave Mustaine did a, a cameo video. Yep. Like and it was like. Uh, you know showing someone who's like hey, it's your birthday like you know here's some of the new album or you know something yeah, like yeah, that yeah, yeah. and uh, he was playing like the intro to one of their songs in there um uh, there was another one where it was like a i don't know if it was leaked or if it was something but it was like a uh it's like a camp that he did okay. or something and he like showed people like a riff from there or something and, uh, so like Indiana Jones, you sifted through this and you created what you thought the new song was going to be. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and like I I saw one video of uh, one of the wrists, which ended up being Night Stalkers. Okay. Um, there was like a rehearsal clip floating around somewhere. Um, so like that kind of gave me an idea what, what the drums might sound like. Okay. And then so I kind of tried to take that intro riff and somehow merge in with the Night Stalkers riff and then with that other riff that ended up being junky from that album but i thought i thought maybe it you know it kind of worked in yeah, yeah, the yeah. context of that other riff um but i did that and then uh megadeth likes to uh modulate up a whole step usually for their riffs so like i, I did that in it um just to kind of add like a the megadeth flair to yeah, that, yeah i guess yeah. and then uh, i tried to do two solos in the style of a uh, dave mustaine and uh kiko the current guitarist and um so yeah that was basically and how many hits did you get on that i think that one's like around one hundred and fifty thousand right now which was like 
incredible like, i couldn't believe it yeah so. and you probably drove you got a lot more subscribers to your channel after that yeah like that was that was great like you know i i've been kind of thinking of like switching not like switching but like a, you know having the main focus of my channel kind of be like megadeth related and like you know stuff like that i had an idea for like a series that i think i'm gonna do i don't know if i mentioned it to you but um we're supposed to do like some kind of you you I you some kind of battle or something that too i want to do okay. for sure yeah. um but i don't want to battle you <laughs> no please, i don't want to fucking battle you are you crazy <laughs> no i don't want to battle you i don't i'd have to I, no but go ahead yeah no no <laughs> i remember you mentioned this but you so this was something else you're talking about so go yeah, ahead yeah i was thinking of doing like a uh, like a lesson series of like um but i wanted to do it in a different way because i feel like there's like so many like lesson videos for metal out there on youtube which yeah. are like great like there's so many people that can teach the shit and do teach it better than me so it's like i don't want to fuck with that like that's yeah, but they're not you what do you want to bring to it that's different well what i want to bring is like a kind of taking people from like you know like ground zero like just picking up a guitar yep. and like using megadeth songs to like teach people that like you know the easiest megadeth song is like you know like an e chord yeah. or something like that's it so like you know we'd start off with that then like the next video would be like you know here's how to you know play a power chord or something and here's some easy megadeth songs that use power chords so like you know and just kind of you know i think that's smart from there yeah i don't know i'm just trying to think of something like a little different because that's what i like i wish i had like there were like when i was starting out there was a lot of videos showing you how to do the stuff like how to do power chords and all yep. that but like i had to learn it from you know like listening to the songs or looking up tabs which i don't do anymore because i fucking i hate tabs and like 99 percent of the time they're wrong yeah um, that's that's the big problem is, mm -hmm. is that i is, but but you've always been a guy that has gone to the recording and learn exactly what it's supposed to be. So I, there's 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 two things involved with this. One is there's a market for incredibly virtuosic players, no doubt, millions of views. But breaking it down and knowing how to instruct and how you're talking about it, it makes a lot of sense. It's a much more intuitive way to learn the instrument because that's how you learned. Like when you learn, when you were first learning, I don't think you just went out and bought the Mel Bay book and next thing you know, you're yeah. you're playing. <laughs> yeah, and it's also like, it was, I don't want it to be like boring for right. people. Like people that like Megadeth aren't trying to play like, at least starting out, like Mary Had a Little Lamb or something to start out. So like, I, I figure- There's gotta be a metal way to play that tune though. Probably. Mary yeah. Had a Little Lamb of God? <laughs> uh, maybe. <laughs> But um, sorry, <laughs> that's so funny. <laughs> sorry, yeah. yeah. I just yeah, was that, listening. That's not that. a bad idea for a video, though. I might, uh, I might take you up on. The yeah. wheels on the bus go round and round the mosh pit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, the wheels are turning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe not take any advice from us, but because we have like a hundred and sixty-nine <laughs> subscribers, but <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's a yeah. You're figuring it out. That's great. That's wonderful. I love it. That's a great idea. Yeah, In I just fact, want we people might have to have beep like that. Fun learning. Because that's there, the way yeah. you learned. Mm -hmm. It was fun. You didn't dedicate your childhood to holding a guitar because you were trying to be the idea of discipline or any. Mm -hmm. It was fun, right? You was yeah, just natural. That's what you wanted to do. In fact, I love the picture of you with Mustaine. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's like, how old are you in that? It was. 
probably around the time when I started, probably like 13 or something. Have you ever seen that photo? No. It's a great photo. Yeah, Just like, he's a, uh, I don't know. Obviously, I, I didn't I didn't go through a Megadeth phase uh, when, I was, when I was younger. So uh, coming to him later is very cool to, he seems like a, a pretty amazing human. He's awesome. Like his story is incredible. Um, like how, like everything that happened to him and, you know, I got kicked out of Metallica yep. and then started Megadeth. It's, yep. you know. So you started around when you were 13? I think so. Probably around that time. Um, were you like from the jump? Were you like, oh, I want to be like a virtuoso. Like I want to be a shredder. Like how long did it take before for you to ramp up to being able to play things? Sorry, like I'm so boring that you got to leave. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, well, when I started playing, I was like, something clicked where I'm like, this is what I have to do. You know what I mean? I, like, I, don't, I don't know. It was just a feeling that I got. I just, it was the most fun thing ever. Like when I learned, one of the first riffs I learned was Symphony of Destruction. And like, I, you know, I, I played it on a clean setting because I didn't know what the fuck distortion was. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, like, like I still remember, like as soon as I found out there was like a button, like a, a distortion button, I turned it on and I played it and I was like, all right, this is game over. This is what I'm doing for the rest of my life you know yeah it was it was just like that and you know i ever since it's really been you know same attitude i have there hasn't been one day really where i like seriously seriously like don't want to do this as a career i mean of course like everyone has days you know they, they doubt themselves you know do you know whatever but i don't know i just like i i just like i have to do this like no matter what yeah i don't know well like even the the parts that you transcribe and make videos out of and like the the techniques that you're so steeped in like are scary to me now when i when i was first starting to play bass i was like had no coordination with the music i was really into punk and i like was having trouble learning punk songs by ear mm -hmm. and thinking i it, the best i would do was like record like and tour in a van like i thought i thought i would just be like a gar like a gritty punk musician so I mean, being able to take like these techniques as far as you did, I, I just can't imagine what that looks like as a thirteen-year-old breaking down the hardest technical stuff. But you like, like, what did did it take having someone kind of point you in the right direction of like, like, oh, do the tapping slowly, and this is like the exercises you can do to develop these techniques, or were you good at? from the recordings and the videos picking out your own way to deconstruct those things uh for a while it was like just me kind of like listening to the stuff and watching shit on youtube like you know how to do stuff but there was definitely a lot of techniques like sweeping was one of them where i just like, i couldn't get that for the longest time um but i had i i started probably like i want to say like a year or two years um after i started playing taking lessons with uh you know steve uh raleigh i was taking lessons with yep. him yep and uh, i think i played a gig with him once yeah i, I love steve, steve uh, he's raleigh. yeah he does like village guitar lessons i think it's called uh, something is he like up that. by the new Paltz. that name sounds so familiar i think i know mm -hmm. yeah Go he's an amazing jazz guitarist um so like that i kind of learned like the fundamentals of theory and all that stuff because i wasn't interested in that when i first like started you know i just wanted to fucking rock out but um you know then he started showing me you know scales chords and all that stuff and then 
and this guy, you know, <laughs> you know, the same thing. Like just you know, just further. I remember looking at Alan Holdsworth with you. You were, mm-hmm. you were which is a mind-boggling kind of thing. But anyway, sweeping. You were saying was that something that you got from Steve, or was that something you practiced on your own? Was that was that your question, um, Brad? Or like, well, like what? you were able to do intuitively was, was you're saying that was kind of where it started um, to, you started needing more outside help. And I imagine I, like, I you're guess saying, like the outside help was more like the theory stuff and like the, the chords and like, uh, I, I learned to like play things slow from him and then work my way up. Cause I always thought like, I just, you know, like <laughs> just, just play it shittily fast yeah. and you know, it's good enough. But, um, I really like, you know, from lessons and stuff like that, I learned to, play it slow and then work up to playing fast i think you were a big advocate of that too like you know if you can't play I mean, from the slow, time i met you though fast. you had a lot of ability so yeah same I, yeah since i've known you you've been shred god so it's it's, it's, it's interesting to hear where it comes from because like i said like i came from a point where i couldn't even conceptualize teaching myself skate like you like to play at a, a reasonable speed let alone like the, all the advanced techniques that you use. So it's, um, I, I feel like if you're approaching that kind of stuff for your channel and trying to give people an insight into that, I don't think that's something a run-of-the-mill YouTube channel can really get across to everybody. Yeah, I guess. I, yeah, that's the thing I'm afraid of like with my channel. And that's like, I don't know. I haven't really been posting a lot recently just because like, it, it, it's part of that where I just, I keep, I don't want to do things that it's like there's already like a million videos of people doing these mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. It's like a weird like I don't know, like that also like the anxiety stuff that I'm telling you like that's been like fucking kicking my ass lately. So I just been trying to deal with that, but you know, yeah, I got to get back on like the videos and all that stuff for the channel cuz like I don't know, I love doing it. It definitely takes my mind off stuff, but um I think the way you're talking about it though is probably how you approached it, which was it was through music that you practiced music. I, th- I mean, I think, I, I don't know if that's what you're looking for. Like, you got better at playing Megadeth because you listened to it and you took what you had and developed your, your tools as you were learning to play those types of things. Yeah, and, for sure. Like, playing the songs <clears throat> horrifically, right. but at least, like, somewhat getting through them and then, like, going back little by little and, like, keep playing them and just being like, oh, this part sounds wrong. Like I'm doing something different here. That's like the what way, is he doing? Like, right. Yeah. That Like Wayne Krantz wrote a book called The Improviser's OS. I don't know if either one of you have ever, mm-hmm. do you know Wayne? I mean, yeah, a little. Wayne's a, I mean, what he's, yeah, he's Wayne Krantz. There's really, he's his own thing. Uh, but in his book, he says, when you're practicing, um, record it. Whatever it is. Oh yeah, that was a big thing for me. Like when I heard yeah. shit that I recorded. That's back, how you I'm get like, better. That's Jesus. how. That's ex- so he would say, <laughs> record it, listen back to it, and he said most likely you're going to hate it, which is what we all do. But then he says something that I had never heard anybody else. It makes sense. You intuitively do this, but I don't know if you put it into thought. Which was, you hate it. Okay, fine. What don't you like about it? Because he said, if you can, in his, like, this was some of the greatest advice I ever read. If you can, if you can figure out what you don't like about it, you can work towards making it what you do like. As long as you can, because discovering who you are is finding out what you don't like. 
right? Because if you can eliminate that part of it, then then you can lead yourself down the path of how do I get it to what I want it to be? And that's what you're doing. Whether you're consciously doing it or not, you can't accidentally develop the, the ability that you have on the instrument. However, I don't think you can develop that ability if you're not hearing it. Right. That was a big thing, like for like developing my ear right. for that stuff. Like, yeah. um, yeah, like for, for a while, I just like, and I, I think that's with everyone when they're just starting out, it's like you're playing it, you think it sounds awesome. And then, like, you know, months later, you go back, you know, like, what the fuck was I hearing? Like, the shit is like so out of tune and so, like, <laughs> just nonsense. Yeah. And, like, um, you know, just kind of honing that in, I think, helped a lot. Yeah. That's yeah. a, like, when I do, like, uh, another kind of like I don't want to say series I do on YouTube or whatever but like something I do is I like as soon as new songs come out I try to put out covers like as soon as I know possible. You, and that's really smart I know you had a lot of you you covered a tune that was released the same day mm. that's absurd like yeah. you played all of Dave's shit the mm -hmm. day this Megadeth tune came out I forget when that was yeah it was uh, but the first thousand comments were like damn dude that's been out for six hours how did you do like because yeah, I try to catch people that are like looking for the song right <laughs> like, right no, it just came out that's so, really like, smart I don't know yeah, but um really the smart. ear is like a big thing with that because like like yeah you could put out a cover and have it be like close to it but like I, I don't want to do that I want to put it out if it's like perfect like if it's like obviously it's not perfect but like it's you know close enough where there's not like glaring mistakes mm -hmm. you know what i mean like if i'm gonna cover it like i want to do it right yeah. you know and uh, but even that like i still i look back on videos that i posted like a couple months ago i'm like what the fuck am i doing <laughs> like, you know yeah same <laughs> it's just it's constantly anybody who's had any success on youtube always says the same or a lot of success will always just keep posting because that's like if you keep waiting it's sort of like it's the same idea as like if you were 18 and like a, didn't want to play any live shows because you don't feel like you're ready yet mm -hmm. and the fact of the matter is you're never going to feel like you're ready so by but you get better by you can't get that experience any other way the only way to get better playing live is to play live yeah, yeah so that's the problem I have with videos too is like I'm such like a perfectionist I guess mm -hmm. with things that like i just you know sometimes I, I post you know maybe like five videos in like two weeks or something like mm -hmm. crazy like that and then you know i don't post for like three months or yeah. something yeah. and like you know it sucks but i, I just I don't, I don't but know. in those three months you're probably doing other it's, it's hard it's hard yeah. to do basically it's like, like and you know i'm doing one thing and then i feel like you know i'm getting better at this like like i was telling you about like i'm doing uh i'm playing in a pit band for uh yeah. mama mia like the musical where like it's all just sheet music and that's something i'm so not comfortable with but like i'm learning and getting better at it because you know eventually um i want to try to you know move someplace where i can you know get session jobs hopefully and mm -hmm. then maybe from that you know maybe that could lead me into like getting into a you know established act or something you know i don't know there's so many like just different variables for everything that I have no idea really what the fuck to do to make that You're happen. Trying to see what sticks. Yeah, I'm just it, trying everything, but at the same time, like I'm slaving away at like the learning music, you know, doing mm -hmm. that stuff, and then like my channel doesn't get as much attention as I would like, you know, and it's like it's constant like tug of war that you know. But all this new professional experience, you can turn into stuff for your channel. That's true. Because yeah. obviously, you can cover reading at some point, like mm -hmm. in what. 
what you thought was expected of you reading like i know with sight reading for guitar players is keep you up nights yeah. you know and i and i when i was younger i learned everything by ear and then i would dice you know there was things i would transcribe people that i loved or just through listening to it and kind of through osmosis of playing practicing those things you start to develop along the ideas of what you hear but that i would say that's the most important part is how you hear it, it like i would love to be able to hear things rapid ingve alternate picking uh, 64th notes I simply don't hear it that way and so I don't have the insight into how to develop that but when I hear George Benson I'm like yeah yeah that's what I or, yeah, I'd, I'd love to hear shit like that so you want to switch <laughs> I'm just saying like I think that that's what you practice you practice the one part of it that has to be acknowledged is you're practicing towards what you're hearing like it's a mystery to me to play like Ingve or to, to do the things that you're doing with those rapid lines and the sweet picking, I, but you hear it that way and you work towards developing the ability to play what you're hearing. Is that fair? Yeah. I'm just saying like without that part of it, you're, you're building what, what it is you're doing is all I'm saying. But as far as reading, I wasn't, I, I, I in my 20s, I didn't practice reading, but I had to read. So... I realized that the anxiety I was having about reading, I just was like, I'll just, I just took the gig and we'll see what happens. Mm -hmm. And the pressure of, okay, when you don't know until you get on the pit band for Mama Me and then you see the parts. So the worst that can happen is, I don't know what to do with this. Then you yeah. take it home. I'm nightmares about that. <laughs> <laughs> you take it home and you start working towards it. Like I've done enough uh, Broadway style things to know that number one, that no one really throws the music at you day of. Like you don't, that's a big fear. Mm -hmm. Like, am I gonna have to play this concert having never seen it? That in my life, I don't know if that's happened, I don't remember. Oh, mm -hmm. I guess some did, cause I grew up in the, in the there, my father played in pit band, so I would sub sometimes. So that was when an act would come in, that's if you're in a, a professional orchestra that has a different act every night. So when uh, when I was growing up, my father worked in the, the hotels in the area and there was two shows a night, every night, seven days a week. And it was always a different act and they always had their own book. So you had to read, that was sight reading that. But I remember in my 20s, uh, I, uh, I remember auditioning for Saturday Night Live and I might've told you this story, yeah, but like I was Lenny- I ask you about that. Lenny Pickett said to me in the audition, don't worry, we would never give you something day of. You will have plenty of time. You'll have the music long in advance. And then we rehearse. The, that day, they said, started out at 10 a.m. on Saturday morning. And they rehearsed the stuff that you were given at least a week prior. So like that, I didn't know that. Like I'm thinking TV gig starts at 11.30. At 11.15, they gave you the charts. That's what I would think. Yeah, no, it's not at all that. It wasn't at all that. So that was, he told, but he knew that. He's like, no, it's never that. That would never so that was one of my biggest fears, which might have kept me from auditioning. But instead, I was like, "Let's just see what happens." So, uh, but then I I did a cruise ship gig, and that was one of these things where acts come in every you know. Mm -hmm. I've been looking into some of those. Yeah, and that's another reason why I want to get my like. I got a lot better at reading on that gig. I I screwed up a bunch of stuff, but what you screw up if you're musical, you can kind of cover it. You know, like if it says, you know, if it says, uh, here's a D minor chord, this is the line we want you to play. And you look at the shape of it, you quickly can assess like, oh, here's the key signature. There's no accidental, so it's, it's a diatonic line. 
you get the shape of it. No one's going to really like it's not you can fail, but still not be but still kind of successfully get through it. But I learned a lot about reading just because it was if I would have said no, because I didn't feel my reading was up to spec. There was no way I was going back to my practice room to practice reading eight hours a day for the next year. Mm-hmm. Instead, I, the pressure of it was enough to get me doing it. But I got better at reading shows because I read shows. But it's not a tool you can, I know you can practice reading, but I feel like the best way to practice reading is to read when there's some pressure on you. And that's when you'll practice it. The rehearsals are during the day. Whatever I screwed up on during the rehearsal, I went back and practiced before the show. So like it was never, I can't remember the thing where I've completely screwed up having the sight read something in front of an audience. There's usually a rehearsal, there's usually time to get it together. And I know as a guitarist, you have to find a fingering for something that's really, you can always tell if the person who wrote the chart is a guitarist or knows anything about the guitar. You can tell immediately just by looking at it. Like what moron wrote that? That's <laughs> not, that's not a, anyway, yeah. Uh, so that there was just the experience of doing it that makes you better at it. So all the fear and anxiety that you have, I just take every gig you can get. Like this is a musical. I'm sure the pressure is. It's like, is this a high school thing? Yeah. Yeah. So there's. It's very low pressure, but, but like it's a great I, experience. I, I put a lot of pressure on because I want it to be perfect. Like no matter what I do. But yeah. And then there's what your the brother does quality. on Broadway, mm-hmm. and he'll tell you that they don't usually give you new music before the downbeat of the night. He's playing the same. Sh- if he's playing a show, that show is the same every night. Yeah, yeah. so you get the book. I know guys who sub. You get the book long in advance. You don't just show up. And I remember when I did this traveling Broadway thing, they sent us all the tracks, and then I had to correct every chart because they updated the songs but didn't update the charts. So the roadmaps were all different. Like, luckily, it took me about a week of straight-up work to fix all the charts. Then we did a rehearsal. I fixed them all again because there was other changes. And then we went out and did a week tour. But the, I did, and I screwed up a couple of things. Like I had a transition between acoustic guitar and electric guitar and then this other thing. It, it, it ha, you, you don't get the flow of it though until, there's no way you can practice that. You have to just get in the fire yeah, and do it. It's a scary part to me, but I know it's scary for everyone. But. It's scary until you do it and realize that as bad as you thought it could be, it's never that bad. Yeah. It's it's just not. Like, if worse comes to worse and you're supposed to play something and you just bail and don't play it, the show goes on. No one gives a shit. No one, yeah. like, you know, the the band leader might care. I had a band leader curse me out because I, 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 I bailed on something. But do you think that the 1,500 guests that just stuffed their fat faces with, with steak and pasta and, and were sunburned from hanging because this was a cruise ship, and do you think that that's what ruined their night? Like in the middle of playing for the ink spots, I bailed on one four-bar phrase. Nah, everybody's going to be fine. So just keep doing what you're doing, I guess. I would demand my money back. Yeah. I bet you would. <laughs> we were playing in a 12-piece orchestra with tracks, with a click track. The whole show, click. Like... We would play, and there'd be 30 singers on these tracks, and there's only two singers on stage. And you'd have people come up and say, man, the band sounded amazing. Sound, the singers sound amazing. It's like, yeah, they're all pre-recorded, but okay. Oh, <laughs> they were like playing, like pumping in? We were playing two tracks. We were a 12-piece band that had that had a string section coming through the speakers. There were no string sections in the pit band on a cruise ship. I don't know if you've been like following like metal news or whatever, but like that's a whole 
like Which recently that's the been a Fox whole thing uh, yeah, yeah it's a 60 uh, <laughs> 67 um, but yeah the, no, uh, what's happening in metal news it's like uh, I mean it's kind of old at this point I guess but uh, Falling in Reverse had to cancel a show because like their laptops got you know I don't, I don't know like lost on the way to the show or something like that but uh and then eddie trunk was like uh-huh, coming, I, I, i'm sure you can yeah, sure, know yeah. like what his viewpoint was like it's fucking ridiculous and then somehow sebastian bach got in the fold like you know like you're not a real band like stuff like that it's a good know. impression of sebastian bach actually you're not a real band man <laughs> like yeah. yeah uh he probably could have used a laptop for some of those later performances though yeah i saw him at uh, <laughs> the rockin derby i i think we might have talked about that show a couple times okay. it was like at uh, i think it's 2016 or something like it was up here uh in Coke. they had like bands like like anthrax megadeth okay. like but sebastian bach was playing on it was and, he uh, in was it in that band was skid row or no this is just him solo okay i thought he sounded great <laughs> absolutely there's some unfortunately there's some videos of him trying to there he in his prime hands down one of the greatest rock and roll singers i've, I've, I've unbelievable he was awesome <laughs> unreal i love that first album is i mean i was in high school so like that's like the soundtrack it was awesome i never saw them live i think i'd graduated college by the time that came out <laughs> the Skid Row album. That would be 1988. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, you we're the same age as what you're saying. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Uh, his, and when you hear him sing live in that era, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. It sounds incredible. Like he's all of that. But it's hard to live hard for 30 years and oh, then yeah, do I'm the sure. same the same thing but i know he was doing broadway i never saw it but i would i wanted to i forget what show he was doing but uh yeah, really yeah it was like a for real bro like phantom of the opera one of those things. like he was really he was ask tommy would probably know oh yeah would know better than me you guys are burning up all these people i oh you never were a skid row fan <laughs> yeah i'm well yeah I'm, I'm unfamiliar with them a bunch of the like bands i hardly know any megadeth like I, I just don't. I'm not as I don't savvy. Know as this, I mean, I don't. I, I can't hang with that. <laughs> I know. I know Greta Van Fleet though. Yeah. I love her tweets about Andrew Tate. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but, but, but do you even know what he's referring? Yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, you yeah, might have Greta Thunberg. Yeah. I don't know whatever the fuck her name is. Like, yeah, Andrew Tate. Uh, no, but actually, yeah, I don't know any. Sigma I don't really know what Greta Van Fleet is either. But I, so there's so much of the stuff that you're an expert in that I'm so not versed in. But I, I do think the listeners might appreciate two fantastic guitarists talking a little bit about uh our recently passed jeff beck oh, as of yesterday yeah you, you te- did i text you about that or yeah. You te- yeah yeah it was yeah, funny i got probably 15 or so texts with just jeff beck and then the crying emoji mm-hmm. but it was like all within four minutes of it actually yeah. happening i forget who actually broke the news to me i can't remember who i don't you were but it was like all within three minutes and you were part of that yeah. that group. I, th- I, th- I think we were talking about something too. Like I never want to be like that guy, like the bad news oh, guy. Like I, I, that I guy. hate <laughs> that. I hate that fucking guy. Like, I love the silent. Like just change your picture to the to the guy who died on Facebook. Change your pro. And I was like, oh, why are you post? Oh, you know, like like yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know. I fucking hate that. Yeah, guy. yeah. I'm not a fan of that guy either. But I find I, I have all. I just saw Jeff back play and i had sent you the picture uh in october and it's a 
it's a loss for the entire human it's we're just that's a terrible terrible loss yeah Yeah. by the time this airs in another week or so but it it happened yesterday and what a horrible way to i mean i know they said he went peacefully but you just i saw him he looked he's so he just he just looked great man he's playing just a just astounding so yeah it's a Mm -hmm. terrible terrible loss i mean it happens but there's nobody on the planet not even remotely and that, that there's just that dude that's what's amazing about someone like that there's yeah, just yeah. nobody else who could possibly do that oh yeah i'm not like i said i'm not i'm no jeff beck expert but i do love his playing his style it's a, it's is, a, is it's a bexpert <laughs> okay, obviously you don't know what you're talking about sorry it's just jeff bexpert <laughs> you got a shirt that says that. <laughs> Jeff nerd. I actually, I'm not gonna lie. I looked for my Jeff Beck T-shirt today, <laughs> and then I couldn't find. It. I was like, all right, well, do Count Basie will have to do. But yes, uh, yeah. go ahead. I'm sorry, um, but uh, you know, I know a little bit of his albums, uh, Wired and Blow by Blow. Is there any other deep cuts you would suggest to me in particular, or listeners who are interested? Um, I liked his version of a Stratus. Billy Cobham. Yeah. Oh, that, okay. That was yeah, yeah. Awesome. I didn't know he did, has a version of that. Okay. I, yeah, I don't know that. if I know that, ver- but that makes sense that he would play. Oh, wait. Is that on the live? Did they do? Is it live or is it studio? Shit, I'm actually not sure. I just, I know I use the, uh, I use the backing track of like his version mm-hmm. and like, you know, I could be completely fucking wrong and just like saying shit out of my ass. But, like, no, uh, no. I, I just can't remember if it's, there was a, a live version of, uh, there was a live recording of him and, um, you know the guitar. I'm. She's. I'm just spacing on his name. Hans. Uh, Hans Zimmer. Yeah. Right. No. But Hans. Uh, wait. Isn't that his name? Hans Zimmer. Wait. No. That's a direct Film score. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, I. I sound completely ridiculous that I just can't. I'm spacing on his name. But yeah, there's a lot of live versions of Stratus. Yeah. Sorry to completely. Interrupt. Yeah. Um, Jan Hammer. Excuse me. That's mm. the keyboard player. On there's a live record of them. A couple, I guess. But one starts out. Anyway. I did, that's why I was asking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I love the early Jeff Beck group. Like there's a recording, one of my favorites is just called Jeff Beck. It was literally recorded 50 years ago. And it's with the singer um, Bobby Tench. I don't know, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. And that's one of my favorite records. And it's uh, like Glad All Over. And uh, uh, there's it's just, you can they're just live i love that about jeff beck it was like just the way he played the way he sounded uh and when you see him live like i that's the second time i've seen him and they're both there's uh it just there's nothing like it it's loud and beautiful and there's a pocket and then the the touch um that he had uh, it's it's like i haven't heard of jeff beck a regular that i didn't love i like his stuff with stevie wonder too like he was on a what, talking book i think was he on that i didn't Jeff know Beck that was, i know stevie <laughs> was on he was on one of the songs on blow by blow wasn't he or well he wrote because we ended his lovers that's a stevie, stevie wonder wrote that Stevie wonder wrote that oh shit okay i did not know he that. also i don't know the entire story but super as far as i know stevie wrote superstition for jeff back and then Jeff Beck did record Superstition, but Stevie, I think he wrote it for Jeff. And I know there'll be plenty of comments <laughs> to tell us if I'm right or wrong. Um, and then Stevie did a version of it and liked it too much. And I don't know if there was words over it or not, but I, he ended up 
the rest is history. And that's a tune that changed the way Stevie did that changed the trajectory of who he was playing for. That's that's all with that was all with Malcolm Cecil too. Mm-hmm. That's who we've, who we've spoken about here a bunch of times just because he lived thirty miles that way. Did you know Mal- Malcolm is the engineer that did? Talking book. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. And he pro the synth sounds that you hear on there is all with the synthesizer that he created called That's Tonto. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. All of those sounds. I think Stevie's playing drums on a lot of that. Mm-hmm. But all of the, might be all of it. I can't remember. But all of those sounds were made with this. You just, you could just look it up. Tonto, yeah, yeah. Malcolm Cecil. He passed, I think, two years ago now. At 80, he was 80. Something in his early 80s. Um, but I love all that. The, the stuff with Rod Stewart uh, and then Bobby Tench kind of had that high tenor voice as well. I love all that stuff. Like that's, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, but I haven't heard of, I, I, I just saw him play with Johnny Depp and I haven't heard the record he made with Johnny Depp. Yeah, I found out that was a thing yesterday, but I haven't heard it. So what was funny about that is there's, People want to hate Johnny Depp. People like Amber Heard. <laughs> people primarily. <laughs> people and people were like in the. It was really funny because on the way out of the theater, there were people like kind of ragging on Johnny because um, Johnny plays guitar mm. and he sings. I had no problem with John. The, the, there's a couple things. Johnny Depp comes out, and that regardless of how you feel, that dude's just that's just bona fide star yeah (laughs) like and when you see him come out women lost their minds like all the people talking i would too (laughs) all the people people talking trash about him were dudes none of the women had any problem with like like I've, i've always been a fan of seeing certain people and watching the audience's reaction to them another one was my wife and i uh saw prince I think we might have spoken about this, but we saw Prince maybe uh, 10 years ago. I think like 2012. Mm-hmm. We were ninth row. He comes out in these bedazzled leather pants and a very sparkly pair of Converse. But you realize when you're that close, you realize he was he was not a very tall man. I mean, people talk <laughs> about this, but as soon as he comes out, he did it without doing a thing that you focus you can't help it you mm-hmm. see him and you're like there's something very godlike special about this dude but he sat at the piano and he sang the beautiful ones and i was like oh shit this is it's amazing and then i thought let me look around i look and i i see my wife she's never made that look with me <laughs> Ever. I saw a depth that I'd never, I didn't know how to feel. I was like, oh, that's amazing. And then I was like, wait. Like, like, and then I looked around and every person in the audience looked exactly the same way. I was the only idiot. Like, kind of like, oh, what's everybody yeah. look like? <laughs> but it was, there's certain people and Johnny Depp comes out on stage and that's what happens. It's not because he, he didn't say a word. You just, and he happened to be in the news a lot. Yeah. This is when that, this was October. So I don't think that case was finished yet or maybe it was. Anyway, my point is people were saying, um, we're ragging on Johnny for his guitar playing and for his singing, for whatever reasons. I didn't have a problem with either one, but I was literally right in front of where Jeff was. And so Johnny's playing, but Jeff's also playing. And it's astounding. He's playing, he's just playing chords underneath Johnny. It was a revelation just to hear what he was doing, how in tune he was with everything going around 
uh, going on on the stage. And then it didn't matter. Every time he had, he just the whole time, anything that came out of him was absolutely magnificent and beautiful. And his energy is great. I mean, you don't think when you see Jeff Beck, like, oh, he's 78. It's like he looks like he does on any other video I've seen. He just plays magnificent. So I guess my point is I'm just, a, I, there isn't anything he's ever done that I've been like, meh. It's just absolutely astounding. And there's a guy who doesn't play a ton of a ton of sixty fourth note runs. Yeah, I mean that you know nowadays, especially I'm starting to like that playing a lot more than uh-huh. just like the fast stuff all the time. I mean you know when I was growing up, like I say I was like you know it's the coolest shit ever, like the you know like just a million notes. But, you know, I, I mean, had I every Ingve album. I had all the books, and I even bought videos. This is before yeah. YouTube, like and the pants too. Yeah, I never, uh, I never went through a leather pants stage, but um, I had a fake Rolex. Okay. <laughs> 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 it wasn't because of Ingve, but uh, you have a Porsche, so that's kind of close to a Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, no, I have a Prius. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, you miss it's close. but there's a guy though that is straight up music straight up melody and everybody's drawn to him and it's just because he's making music but that's how he you get the feeling that everything he's playing he absolutely hears that's the way he hears it he doesn't even play he wasn't even playing with a he hasn't played with a pick in i don't know how long decades Mm -hmm. that early early stuff he's using a pick and he's also using i believe a les paul uh, and now, like for as long as you can, since then it's always been a strat and his fingers. But it's not the speed metal thing. It's not. It's not. But nobody has the chops he has. Nobody sounds. That's just who he was. So it's, um, I don't know if that that's probably rambled more than answered a question. But I, there isn't anything I've heard that I didn't absolutely love. Yeah. No, I mean I just thought it would be nice to talk about this for me to get some more info because I again I'm not. I'm no expert. No, I'm no expert, but he is sick. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know f- how much of him play. I don't know what a role he's played in, you know, when you were com- when you were growing up, if that if that dude was ever on your radar. Um, not as much as he probably should. Uh, you know, like I, I definitely should have checked out more of him growing up. But I don't you got know. time. That's true. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's plenty of time. You'll be all right. Feels like it doesn't. I feel like I'm fucking old. <laughs> uh, yeah. Then there's absolutely no hope for me at this point. <laughs> yeah. What are you, like 70, 71? 80. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew 70 was coming out of your mouth. Um, uh, but yeah, there's, you, there's well, you're, you've changed. Like when I first met you, it was all about this particular thing. But that, and then I bumped into you last year and it was all about the Beatles. Yeah. Are you still? Totally. Still, yeah, of yeah. course. I fucking I love them. Can't get enough. They're my, uh, they were my most listened to artist. Like you know that stupid Spotify Wrapped shit. <laughs> like yeah, that was my number one artist, and in my life was my number one song. And you covered that. Yeah. yeah well, I did just a- did like a little thing for um, yeah, like the the anniversary of John Lennon's death. Yeah. So I just you know uh, did a little of that. I do want to do a full cover of a Beatles song though, because like I wanted to get like a tux and everything for it and like you know really just go all out on it because i I, fuck, I love the beatles so much and which i never were never on your radar before no i ago. always thought they sucked but, <laughs> but i think that was just my dad talking oh your so, dad doesn't like the beatles no oh <laughs> it happens um, yeah 
Yeah, so uh, Paul McCartney, I think I told you, at uh, MetLife this past summer. Oh, wow. No, um, you didn't tell me One of the best shows ever seen. Just amazing. You know, I mean, played uh, one of my favorite Beatles songs, Something. That's so, probably you know, my favorite Beatles song. Yeah, so we did a whole, like, tribute to George, and, you know, it was just it was awesome. And it was Get Back that really, like, got me into the Beatles because, like, for a while that old production style yep. I wasn't a huge fan of. Um, oh, you mean the the Apple? I mean, the was that on Apple TV? Is that where? Oh no, no Disney. 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 Yeah, like I, I got Disney Plus like just for that because I was like, you know what, might as well check it out. You know, yeah. I want to. I've been getting into the older stuff, you mm-hmm. know, so might as well check out the group that influenced pretty much everyone and see what they were doing. And uh, I'm very glad I did. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I saw that documentary. I watched the whole thing, and uh, like. Uh, it was really i listened to the uh, let it be album and i was like all right I, you know i get it now you know it's yeah really that's really, an amazing that's an amazing yeah. yes yeah. yeah that whole uh, I just went back and you know just everything i just i love everything about him so. that's great so that's definitely getting you in touch with something different yeah for sure yeah yeah that's great pretty wild i never would have seen that one coming i know i didn't either <laughs> i was thought like, it'd be all heavy all the time i don't know why i did this like i'm wearing fucking glasses um, <laughs> i saw you and i was like yeah that looks like a fucking good that looks idea. Like a cool thing to do like watch the old guy adjust his glasses fucking douche i am but um yeah no i love everything about him and i love like a lot of softer music i've been getting into like drake you know, I fucking love Drake. Man. <laughs> rap music. I, I actually wrote this down because I wanted to bring it up. I fucking love rap music. You had to write that down? You wouldn't yeah. remember the whole sentence? <laughs> this whole time I've been talking, I just wrote a transcript for it. You know, I'm just... But, um, but yeah, I fucking love rap music. Anybody, anybody grabbing you? Uh, Drake, man. I don't know what about it, but I just fucking love it. He's sexy. He is, you know what? I ain't afraid to say it. Knock yourself out, man. Enjoy yourself. (laughs) Yeah, but not like really, like all kinds of music I've just been, you know, just getting into and it's been influencing my style. Maybe not the rap so much into the guitar playing. Well, Lil Wayne has some some killer chops. What about, um, uh, (laughs) what about, uh, you see that video? Yes. (laughs) Okay. The guitar playing video? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, no, but I thought it was Lil Pump. Oh yeah, there's a there's a point, and it was him and uh, Takashi Six Nine. You remember when I was like, yes, no, I do deep into that stuff. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I loved that shit because it started off as a joke. I would just like listen to it, and be like, this is the dumbest shit I've ever heard. But then, like, third time listening to it, I'm like, uh huh, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, just having it on from like parties and stuff, or yep. like bars or anything. You know, yep. it's like, yeah, I might as well just like listen to it to see if i like it rather than just being there this music sucks like you know that's fucking no fun you know i just you know that's what i'm doing nowadays i'm just trying to have fun because i feel like for a long time i was just like focused on you know music and like that's it like i can't have fun i can't like i gotta practice guitar 24 7 and be focused on it yeah and it's like that's just it just for me at least it just wasn't healthy because then it you know that really you know really like kickstarted the anxiety you know especially after college because then i felt like okay like at least in college i was like working towards something Mm -hmm. but you know after college i'm like what the fuck am i doing now like like what am i gonna do you know so um i felt like i really missed out on a lot of like fun times i guess so you know 
I don't know. I know it's a weird way of looking at it. I did have fun, of course, but like, I don't know. I just, I don't know what I'm really trying to get at, but um, well, <laughs> I'm just trying to have fun. Yeah, know, it's a good thing to do. To man. let myself have fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, another question I had before about, you know, like the feeling of anxiety as it relates to being an artist. Um, you know, I can, like, I would call myself pretty introverted, but I like my, like, extroversion in the context of doing art and mm -hmm. i feel very at home like 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 we were saying like he's a different person when he's on stage performing and you probably a lot of the nerves following yeah. once you start performing so like a feeling i get a lot is i don't feel very comfortable being out or at like as comfortable as i could be until i've performed for people if i'm like at I a bar shit, if yeah. i've played bass or from there to play bass or like just i'm there to be a bassist i'm much more comfortable but if i'm just there to be a person at the venue i'm not good at that like that's when yeah. i start to feel uncomfortable and like i should leave is if i'm not there to be doing that sort of thing like is that something you relate to or? i do 100 percent. yeah i get that same thing absolutely like i either have to be in like a zone where like you know i'm, I'm with my friends you know talking like we're having a great time and then we go to like a bar or something then i'm like okay you know i'm, I'm feeling kind of good you know i can talk to people whatever um but it, it just depends too because sometimes it's like you know i hanging out with my friends whatever go out it's the same thing and i just close up you know and you know most of the time after like gigs or something i feel like pretty good like like you know i did the thing that gives me confidence because um you know i know we've talked about like you know how guitar like is kind of i've worked that into my confidence in such a way where it's like if i don't have a guitar i just have no self-confidence at all um so yeah i've been trying to work on that but for sure relate to that 100 percent. yeah because that's like 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 you're saying about like you um think like overthinking things before you perform and then feeling like the nerves shedding away once you're really playing like that's something i relate to in music and like trying to do like open mics for comedy it's like i'll get so much more nerves building up to it and then when I'm actually up doing it, I feel better. And then yeah. afterwards, I'm so much more at peace just because it's now it's like, I, I've, I've shown everyone what I want to show them. And so now yeah. I don't have to act like, I don't have to try to act like a normal person. It's like, I got out what I wanted to get out and now I feel much more comfortable around people. Yeah, like, it's like you're like validated, I guess, to yeah. like be in that space and like talk to people, you know? And like, yeah, that, that was a issue for me for a while too, was like getting over that um thing and like i still believe me i deal with it like it, it it's so random sometimes where like sometimes i just feel confident and i'm like okay like i can talk to people whatever you know do anything but um yeah like i i didn't know for a while i didn't know what to like talk about other than guitar because i just didn't do anything other than guitar i mean what am i going to talk to a fucking girl about pentatonic scales i mean what the <laughs> fuck like you know, like I, the right girl maybe but yeah like, no I, yeah i hear I, like you know i just had like nothing to talk about i was fucking boring <laughs> you, know? you gotta watch like uh arguably still am but uh arguably yeah no but you gotta watch some um some lifetime movie network stuff i do with my grandma and that shit sucks i'm just saying if you want some i was stuff. talking about my grandma not there but <laughs> <laughs> yeah i was gonna say with with the shows there's also you can't underestimate what you get back from an, the energy of the audience. Yeah. And yeah. that is what usually frees you. If you did, it's interesting. Like I've played, 
I've played for six people and I've played for you know a few thousand people and as long as they're into it it feels the same way like if you're it's hard when it's background it is what it is but I'm saying if there's people engaged then that's a very um, it's a very free that's a beautiful feeling when you feel like you've communicated something and they've and you've made a connection and I feel much more grounded when there's a connection. But I feel the same way if I'm, if I feel like I did a good job teaching, or you, you just just the energy of being around. It's the it's the isolation. If you feel isolated, that feels horrible. Mm-hmm. That's probably and then you start to go down the anxiety part of things or the OCD side of things or where you're you're trying to think your way to being uh, peaceful. I mean, it usually doesn't work that way. Usually it works with, uh, if you have a good show, whether it's comedy or, or writing or playing, if uh, there's a reaction from the audience and they support you, they kind of buoy you and keep you keep you raised up. It's a, mm-hmm. that's a, you can't, I don't think that should be underestimated. I think it's probably why we do it. Yeah. To yeah. make that connection. Yeah. Even with this, like in the, in the beginning, like, uh, you know, this, I was feeling so like introverted and, you know, not confident and like mm-hmm. fucking nervous. But, you know, now I feel like, this is kind of like closer to you know what I'm like normally you know because now I feel comfortable yeah. you know yeah a lot of that stuff has to Except do with that the, you're here yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm leaving <laughs> shortly yeah, I'm just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of that stuff is though is uh is your fear of not being able to connect is far worse than your actual ability to connect like. You, you walked in, you, we made fun of the normal people we made fun of, and we went about what we were doing, and we were, like, it was immediate. You didn't have time to think, oh, this is, uh, I'm going to be introverted, I'm going to be this or that. It's the fear of those things that drives that part of it, and that's why I'm saying, like, being aware of it, that that behavioral thing that I did, MAP, um, it helps so much to realize, like, all of the same, out of, it felt different every time I had a, a panic attack. And every time it was, it, it was a loss of control. Mm-hmm. It was the the feeling of what could go wrong. If you thought about what could go wrong on a regular basis, you're never going to leave the house. Yeah. Nobody would. The idea, like the things that happen to us that are possible to happen to human beings. If you went through all that on a daily basis, you will never leave the house. Mm-hmm. And then you would trip on a shoe and fall down and break your neck and die alone. Yeah. That's one scenario. <laughs> anyway, I'm just saying. Like the, the more the more you uh, think about those things, the worse it's going to get. And you just don't think about them when you're free, and you don't when you're free when you have a guitar in your hand and playing your ass up. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. Does that feel like a that feels like an episode? Like How's that feel to you, for you? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, like seriously though, it was. It's really good to see you, man. It's been too long, and yeah, it's fucking great to see like you I too. Said, since I've known it's been you, years. Yeah. I think. yeah. Yeah, man. Like I don't think I've seen you the whole pandemic era since mm-hmm. since uh, I moved away from Albany originally. Um, but seriously, dude, since I've known you, inspiring. Ah, you're you're, you're uh, virtuoso, dude. And I, stop it. I second it's that. Great to see you. Yeah, it's great to hang out and uh, so hear much. what's going on. You want to pitch anything? I know you have your YouTube channel. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> a pants tent. I get it. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's your channel? Uh, my channel is Sean McNair, spelled the correct way. S H A W N, baby. <laughs> 
I know you have. I have three different Sean's in my four, three. They're all spelled completely. I, I have all of them in my phone. It's so fun. I have an S H A U N. Yeah, that's disgusting. I, <laughs> one of my best friends growing up was uh, S E A N. I had, and I had I, another kid S H A U N in my class. Yeah, he's a fucking loser. <laughs> great man i feel like you're really supporting everybody and their ability to <laughs> find their way in this world exactly. yeah yeah you want to encourage him to change his name right you should you know what? spell it right or don't spell it at all that's, that's right. right yeah so sean mcnair spelled the correct way yes m-c-n-a-i-r yep. uh what else you pitching anything else you gonna be doing lessons on there uh yeah i'll probably do, you know start doing more of that stuff at least like lesson videos um but yeah, something like that. Are you like going to try to tie into Patreon or is it like OnlyFans? Which one are you doing? I'm leaning more towards the latter. Yep. But uh, yeah, now maybe Patreon. I, I actually had a couple people say that I should. You absolutely should. Yeah. Yep. Um, that seems to be the model, especially with lessons. You know, you, you create one and then you. Yeah, there's people who you'll find. Like that's what's going to be, I think, will really support you as well. And I don't mean financially, but I just mean to feel like you're making that connection like as soon as you do this series which i think is a great idea of of leveling megadeth tunes for all for styles because most people like this was what i was gonna say earlier when you have someone like a virtuoso that gets millions of hits most people are trying to figure out like what do i do to sound like that i guess you just practice this and it's like that's the the through music when you realize like that you can help people get to what they want to get a million a lot of people want to do these types of things like you, you can't start out playing like Yngwie or Dave Mustaine it takes time so doing it that way where they're still playing music of their heroes but leveling it so that they can get to it at an early stages and help them train themselves to get better but having fun I think that's a great model and people will pay you uh, through Patreon for like you could do either a group lesson or make available the documents that go along with the lesson and that's that's a great model i see a lot of people doing that you'll feel good too you feel connected just like you feel like on a stage you'll feel connected i think i don't know how many if you're having if you have students now no oh so when that happens you, you'll see you have it's the same exact feeling especially when they're like thank you this has been so great you know this has helped me like you'll feel like a connection to another human and that's priceless do you feel connected to me? Not really, but I have Brad. <laughs> <laughs> no, you'll make a connection on OnlyFans, but it's different. Lord knows. Anyway, this has been wonderful. It's great to see you. Great to chat. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah it's been, this was this was a lot of fun. Yeah, so follow Sean on YouTube. Check out Last of Falls, uh, recent EP. Uh, like the video comment on it and subscribe to our youtube channel please right the mink in the mug for god's sake um but this has been fun this has been a lot of fun yeah, yeah, yeah. till the next time yep guess the episode. call of duty call of duty <laughs> yeah if i have any more coffee there'll be a call of duty yeah my head hurts i don't know if it's the headphones or the coffee i'm buzzing but it's probably a little bald but yes we'll have to kill some zombies mm -hmm. all right is well, that it hold you to that uh, it's so hard it's so it's it's so much anxiety <laughs> when you close your eyes and you see them coming at you it's like i knew i played too much yeah that's true but yes it's been a while we'll do it again um cool keep us posted on things are we out Sweet. yeah that's the episode cool. see it gets worse every time we do it it does get worse so we're i gonna really do have to pee all right okay, let's let's do it. It. here we go see you on the next one 
Thank you.